All right, Dustin, what do we do? Well, I mean, it was supposed to be anybody that had an opposing thought. Uh, so who here does not think that we're in the New Covenant? Or who here thinks that we're in the New Covenant? Or is not sure. Or is not sure. I have a question. This is my question. If you're in the New Covenant, um, wouldn't you receive the promises just like um, you, you would receive the promises? And what what are the promises of the New Covenant? Everybody answered wolves. <laughs> Can you repeat that? I didn't the, Sorry. Okay. What are, what are the what are the uh, qualifiers, the promises of the new covenant? The law will be written on our hearts and minds. By who? You won't by the Father. Uh, yep. You won't have to be. You won't have to teach each other because you already know. <laughs> Yeah. It'll be with Israel and Judah. Yep. Okay. What else? Well, here, let's go through it. They, being, they would be in, would be in the land, correct? Yep. Okay. So. I mean, we can read through it. Was it Jeremiah 31? Yeah. Do that way. You want me to read it? Sure. <clears throat> At that time, declares Yahweh, I shall be the Elohim of all the clans of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus said Yahweh, a people escaped from the sword, found favor in the wilderness, Yisrael, when it went to find rest. Yahweh appeared to me from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I shall draw you with loving commitment. I am going to build you again, and you shall be rebuilt, O maiden of Israel. Again, you shall take up your tambourines and go forth in the dances of those who rejoice. At any time, y'all want me to tell me to pause. Again, you shall plant vines on the mountains of Shomaron. The planters shall plant and treat them as common. For there shall be a day when the watchmen cry on Mount Ephraim, Arise and let us go up to Sion, to Yahweh our Elohim. Nope. Nope. Ain't no watchman yelling that yet. I'm pointing that out. <laughs> for thus said Yahweh, sing with gladness. For... Go ahead. Is part of it that the, that the, does it state anywhere that the new covenant takes place when the kingdom is here? on the ground I don't think it does in here like, I, I mean does it, it like point Blake say that or does it like infer that at any point I'll, I'll tell you why I think that do what I think that but I'll show you why I think that Oh, okay. Well, verse verse twelve right here, which we're about to read. Oh shoot. Okay. Sorry. Look at there. Jump in the gun. My bad. <laughs> Hang on. So it says, 
For thus said Yahweh, sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations, cry out, give praise, and say, O Yahweh, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am bringing them from the land of the north, and shall gather them from the ends of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together, a great assembly returning here. With weeping they shall come, and with their prayers I bring them. I shall make them walk by rivers of waters in a straight way in which they do not stumble. For I shall be a father to Israel and Ephraim. He is my firstborn. Hear the word well, there's of There's another qualifier. There's another qualifier. It says that they won't stumble. Do we not stumble? Yeah, we do. I submit we do. I stumble. Jesus. Yeah, I stumble. <laughs> right. Um, hear the word of Yahweh, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel gathers him, and shall guard him as a shepherd his flock. For Yahweh shall ransom Jacob, and redeem him from the hand of one stronger than he. And they shall come in, and shall sing on the height of Sion which is New Jerusalem, and stream to the goodness of Yahuwah for grain and for new wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and the herd and their being shall be like a well-watered garden and never languish again. All that right there. Not happening. Then shall a maiden rejoice in a dance and young men and old together and I shall turn their mourning to joy and shall comfort them and shall make them rejoice for their, from their sorrow. And shall fill the being of the priests with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares Yahuwah. Thus said Yahuwah, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing, bitter weeping. Uh, was it? Is that Rachel? I can't tell. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay, because it does, the, I don't know if y'all can see that, but it does this weird square on the TS-2009 and E-Sword. I'm always complaining about it, but now y'all can see it. <laughs> Uh, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children, because they are no more. Thus said Yahweh, hold back your voice from weeping, and your eyes from tears, for there is a reward for your work, declares Yahweh, and they shall return from the land of the enemy, and there is an expectancy for your latter end. There is an expectancy for your latter end, declares Yahweh, and your children shall return to their own country. I don't think this is our country. I have clearly heard Ephraim lamenting. You have chastised me, and I was chastised like an untrained calf. Turn me back, and I shall turn back, for you are Yahuwah my Elohim. For after my turning back, I repented. And after I was instructed, I struck myself on the thigh. I was ashamed, even humiliated, for I bore the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim a precious son to me, a child of delights? For though I spoke against him, I still remembered him. That is why my affections were deeply moved for him. I have great compassion for him, declares Yahuwah. Set up signposts, make landmarks, set your heart toward the highway, the way in which you went. Turn back, O maiden of Yisrael, turn back to these cities of yours. So far I don't see nothing yet. Till when would you turn here and there, O backsliding daughter? For Yahweh has created what is new on earth. A woman encompasses a man. 
Thus said Yahuwah of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, let them once again say, This word in the land of Yehuda and its cities, when I turn back their captivity, Yahuwah bless you, O home of righteousness, mountain of set-apartness. And in Yehuda and all the cities, farmers and those who journey with the flocks shall dwell together. For I shall feel, feel their, the weary being, good Lord, and I shall replenish every grieved being. At this I awoke and, and looked around, and my sleep was sweet to me. See, the days are coming. Here we go. Declares Yahuwah that I shall sow the house of Israel and the house of Yehuda with the seed of man and the seed of beast. And it shall be that as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to throw out and to destroy, and to afflict, so I shall watch over them to build and to plant, declares Yahuwah. In those days they shall no longer say, the, father, the fathers ate sour grapes, and the children's teeth are blunted, but each one shall die for his own crookedness. Whoever eats sour grapes, his teeth shall be blunted. We're going to stop right there. First of all, I need a drink. <laughs> Anybody have any comments so far? I have a... So... Um, would you say that that scripture right there where it's talking about like the fathers ate the sour grapes and the children's teeth were blunted it's talking about like us reaping the curses for like a thousand generations like you know back what is it like Deuteronomy where it talks about the curses and stuff laid out and it's talking, and about, know, it's talking about the priesthood okay. where they, they led the people astray Gotcha. That's just my opinion. I don't, I don't think it's like every single father, you know, I think I think it's the, the leaders like like Abraham's the father of the faith, you know. And these people went astray. Mm -hmm. As it says in you know, Ezekiel. Yeah, I I had come to an understanding that where it talks about like the generational curses and stuff is basically kind of like what you see with like Christmas and all the bad habits that are passed down through families. And right. so that's why those curses linger because no one wants to break those actions, those behaviors. That's, what we're that's another area where you see the over-spiritualization too in the church because they're like, oh, let's pray away these generational cur curses and um okay we'll come over here and i'll do it um i was actually praying about that one day and i realized that i had to do work to break those curses like i can't just pray and ask the father oh take away these curses like i have to change my actions i have to do the things that are going to break those curses yeah you have to change your ways yeah. Can I say something? Yep. It's it's really funny. I just did uh two videos on TikTok about generational curses and curses. Um and I would say that uh one of the biggest things that is not understood about curses in general is that the modern church, the you know, the mainstream church cannot deal with curses until they first acknowledge the Torah because uh, 
scripture tells us that a curse without a cause will never stand. Scripture also says that you cannot curse what God has blessed. It also says that through Christ, the curse can be removed, right? So all the means for the curse to be removed is there. But in order to deal with it, you have to first acknowledge Torah. The first step to dealing with a curse is acknowledgement and agreement that someone somewhere has broken the Torah of the living Elohim. And it has caused the curse to come. And I would say that uh, that kind of has like a other part to that coin is that uh, true uh, repentance or curse breaking involves a godly sorrow for, again, breaking said Torah. Right. It's not enough to just say, hey, God, I think I did something wrong. It's Lord, I've sinned against you. I've broken your Torah and I need your mercy right? Elohim is sovereign. He's absolutely sovereign. He either causes things or allows things. And if he's allowing a curse to stand in our life, it's because we've broken his Torah and the consequence, the just consequence of that is a curse. And so uh, you have to have a godly sorrow for breaking the Torah of Elohim. And uh, I think that's what's missing. We don't acknowledge the Torah in mainstream Christianity. And that's the cause of the curse. So it's kind of uh, kind of like plucking leaves off of a tree thinking you're going to kill it and you're you're really not, right? And so uh, I just wanted to kind of put that input in when it comes to curses and stuff. He said, I set before you blessings and curses. Yeah. On this day. And in, and in Deuteronomy, it says, if they will hearken unto my voice, then I will have compassion upon them and turn their captivity, you know, and he'll he'll gather us. And I believe hearkening unto his voices, following his commandments, the Torah, his behavior. Can't serve two masters. And I want to point out that that's when that was revealed, when the father revealed that to me, that I had to do the work, I had to change my actions, was after coming to the knowledge of that we were supposed to be keeping his laws. And I had been praying for years, like, Father, break these generational curses in my family. Like, let me be a better mom. Let me, you know, do your ways and, you know, do what's right. And I kept praying, but my actions were still doing the same things that I had been raised and trained up to do. And it was, like, really just, it was weird, like, I don't know if y'all ever had those moments where you literally feel like the father's just hugging you and he's like, let me teach you something. But that was yeah. one of those moments for me. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, Dustin. Huh? Go ahead. <laughs> can, I, can I say something? No. Yeah, go I ahead. Um, if y'all can hear me all right, yeah, it definitely comes down to action because the, this is something I said a long time ago, and it seems I've listened to so many people along the way trying to gather other people's understanding to see if I'm an heir in my walk. And circling back to what I was before, I started intermingling with all these different people. I remember I, I was, y'all remember when we did the Saturday night studies, there was some nights where I would put stuff together when I felt led. 
I would put something together of a study that I've done. And at the end of it, I would put together something along the lines of um, more of a sermon note of what I believe we should be doing, how we should be holding ourselves in these different topics. And I remember at the end of one that I sat there and I said that the Torah itself is how we reveal all things. You cannot reveal anything without knowing that word. How was I supposed to know as a farmer to keep a gleaning for those that come? How was I supposed to know that I should be um, giving a, a first fruits, per se, to someone in need, right? How was I supposed to know these certain things, right? How was I supposed to, and I know that what I'm saying according to today, that's what I do for, you know, our animals, you know, sell that animal, you give the first fruits to the you go help someone, right, for the first of that block. Um, same thing, though, back then they did the sacrifice, they gave their best, they gave their first, right? They gave those things up. And it teaches you to be humble. It teaches you that you can't go this life without the Father. And it teaches you how you should hold yourself in your day-to-day. -day. The Torah has taught me nothing but these things. And not even, and now when I say Torah, I don't even say just the first five books. I believe the whole book has commands through it. It shows us lifestyle, how to handle certain situations. Let's look at the kings. Look at King David. Look at the situations that he was in. Look how he even messed up and had fault. And he bounced back and he changed his ways. He repented. And it's shown all throughout scripture on how to hold ourselves. For someone to say that I just go by the spirit alone. The spirit will lead you through that book that's already been written. Just as Yeshua said to Satan. When Satan said it is written. And Yeshua said back to him it's also written. Just because someone says well this says it right here. Doesn't mean that they're correct. We have to go back. And we have to look at the whole matter, the whole duty of what's in these books. So when someone just cherry picks something and says, look, that's it right there. You see it? No. Let's look at where it says it 18, 15, 35 times throughout the scriptures. And it has to harmonize as one. Now, if there's 12, if there's. Did he cut out again? Did I cut out or he cut out? He cut out. It booted him from the thing. I think he's back. Yeah. Back. Can you hear me now? You sound like Optimus Prime. Okay, what about now? Yeah. Good. Okay. So I think the last thing y'all probably heard me say was about the 30. Um, basically, though, all boils down to it's already been written down in the book. When someone over spiritualizes everything, that's not the truth. Okay, just because someone says, Well, I feel my spirit. Well, remember one thing the heart is wicked and deceitful, the heart will lead you in the wrong direction, but the Father's word will stand against it. And a lot of people, I think, forget about that. Now, does that mean we can't have a spiritual side? Yeah, we should have a spiritual side. We should have those aware, that awareness, and we should have those things that go off that sound the alarm to us. But at the same time, if your spirit is not lined up with that Torah, your spirit is wrong. So that's all I have to say. Kind of like what I just said, like 
the spirit was leading me about the generational curses and that's literally scripture like my behavior has to change to change the course of action just like brother joseph said if you're doing the things and you're in error and breaking the torah you are subject to the curse so i can't pray for god to remove a curse from my life if i'm continuing in the actions that caused it in the first place and that's where you can check what the spirit leads you in because scripture tells us to test every spirit because there's other spirits out there so when you hyper spiritualize everything and all you do is say i'm following the spirit but you're not testing that spirit to the written word of god like that's where you're in error i'm a mom i literally will write down our house rules or a chore chart so that my children have a visual representation of what i've told them because that's how you learn the more senses you use the more it's going to be ingrained in your mind mm -hmm. did not isaiah did not isaiah read through the scrolls did mm -hmm. not Yeshua read from the scrolls and mm -hmm. they were spiritual. They had spiritual sides, but they still yep. would never contradict what that Torah upheld. They knew better and everyone else should follow suit what they did. Amen to that. Doesn't Revelations talk about like he's the only one worthy to open the scroll and read from it? Like he's reading a scroll. Like He's the only one perfectly. Not only that, but John tells us in First John that the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of darkness, right? And the works of darkness involve witchcraft, curses, demonization, which most people know that by possession, but that's not a biblical term. Um, so demonization. The only power that spirits and curses have over a believer are two things one of them is ignorance they will take advantage of your ignorance paul tells us do not be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy or he'll have advantage over you and the second one is disobedience disobedience yeah. to what torah not just yep. torah meaning moses torah but all instructions and not just instructions in scripture but there's also personal things that you also need to obey. Not only, you know, the Rema voice of the Holy Spirit, but also personal convictions that he puts upon your life, right? Um, and so, you know, drinking came up, for example. Uh, drinking is not a sin per se for all believers. But if, in fact, you were taking a Nazarite vow, it would have been a sin to drink, right? And so for that individual, it would have been. And so... Um, and also Paul says, right, whatever you can't do in faith is sin. And so that's also like a personal sin thing. But ignorance and disobedience. This is the only power that the enemy has over a believer. Otherwise, we will uh, walk down the road of sanctification, become more like Yeshua. And we should be coming uh, in that process, walking in more dominion in different areas of our life as we grow. But again, ignorance and disobedience, those are the only two things that the enemy has, um, which is why we're called to study, and we're also called to apply that of which we learn. <laughs> Practice. I want to I add to that, because the disobedience thing, um, I actually just 
as I was reading here in Jeremiah 31, I actually have a theory on a lot, not even just a theory, just something that we see happening as we continue. Uh, I'll skip just for the sake of this, but it says in 36, if these laws vanish from before me, declares Yahweh, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Mm. I feel like that is being targeted today. Yeah. Law. The, the, enemy, piggyback. the enemy knows the scripture, so they see that and they say, oh, so how do we destroy Israel? We command or we, we, we persuade them to not do the laws. <laughs> Just like, like uh, I was going to say, just like Micah, Micah adds to that. He says, well, you know, mainstream Christianity will only quote the first half of this verse. But the whole verse is very important, and it piggybacks off of that. Micah says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They have forgotten my law, right? Like, they forget that part. But that also piggybacks that uh, we're destroyed because we've forgotten the Torah. We've forgotten the very basics of uh, how our life should function after self, after you know, receiving the Spirit. And then Isaiah eight twelve. I have written for him numerous matters of my Torah. They were regarded as strange. <laughs> Further on down, it says, "To the law and to the testimony, if they walk not according to this, is because there's no light in them." So. The enemy's been doing it since the beginning. He got them to disobey God with their actions. Yeah. He didn't go in the garden trying to convince them that God didn't exist. And that's literally where the ditch that mainstream Christianity has dug for themselves is that they've gotten caught up on getting everybody to believe that there is a God. But then they stop there and don't convince everybody that there's actions that are required by that God for being in his home. He has house rules. Mm-hmm. And we there's a lack of discipleship in telling people yeah. and training them in how to uh, how to live in the father's house. Is he not a king? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Romans 10:3 don't, said don't, for they God's righteousness. <laughs> And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, which is his Torah. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. The enemy's done a real good job of convincing the church that his that Abba's instructions are evil. Yeah. How often we do we get attacked on TikTok saying, oh, that's works of demons and you're trying to like you're you're falling from grace. That's that's be- they're calling God's Torah, his behavior, his character evil. Well, modern day Christianity will tell you this new covenant doesn't include law. And that's that's where they're completely hundred percent wrong. Because if you're not doing the law, you're gonna be a part of the covenant. You know, because that's the same law that's going to be written written on your heart. So if you're not practicing righteousness, as you know, then it even says in 
1 John 3, 7, he who practices righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. And that's what we're called to do because what you guys were saying earlier, it enhances your walk as you do this. It, it gives you direction away from the wrong and, and brings you into repentance, you know? And that's through the power of Yeshua. I want to just audibly say what I hit in the comment section. Uh, this has strategically rebuilt the wall of, between Jew and Gentile. Um, I wanted to just throw that in there because I believe it's a valid uh, truth to why this has happened. Um, you know, the attack against, quote unquote, all things Jewish, um, which is Christianity at the core which most people don't recognize, but when you dig deep enough to the quote-unquote church fathers and some of the creeds and some of the things that they said, it's very it anti-Semitic, yeah, very, very anti-Semitic at the core. And yeah. uh, the way that the spirit realm works is if you agree to a specific term or agreement, um, but you're not aware of the fine print, it does not matter. Right. Just like on TV, they put a bunch of blurry words at the bottom. And when you buy it and it breaks, you can't sue them because they technically told you that at the bottom. You just couldn't read it. And they'll tell you that it's not our fault. You didn't have a magnifying glass. We put it on there. Right. And, and it's a loophole. Same thing in the spirit realm. So when someone says I'm Pentecostal. Right. Well, they don't understand all of the true components that went into this denomination to being made, including all of the hurt feelings from the dividing division between the people that rejected uh, the people that started the Azusa Street Revival. Like if you really read it, there's some hurt feelings that were involved in this denomination being birthed. Well, guess what? When you say I'm Pentecostal, you now take on all the components that made that. Same thing with Catholicism and everything. Well, guess what? It's all anti-Semitic at the core. And so if you're not just claiming I'm part of the kingdom, I'm a child of Abraham by the Messiah or, you know, biblical statements, you agree to every component that made that thing, even if you don't know about it. It's the same thing like in the natural. If I'm selling drugs for a gang and I don't technically murder anybody if there's a murder in the gang i can still get charged by being guilty of association being a compliant to the gang it's the same thing when we take these uh titles and terms and words and councils and you know oh i i, I keep to the nicene creed okay well what part? The part that they put out or the entire agreement of what was agreed in the discussion that day? Because there was anti-Semitic things that were said that are not posted in the 30-line, you know, creed that they put out. But there were still things agreed on in the meeting that were anti-Semitic and against the Jewish people. Well, if you say, I hold to this, hey, you hold to those you. things, too, in the spirit. You also submit to the spirits that cause those things, the principalities and thrones that ushered the movement of that 
they have control over you because you've submitted to them in ignorance, right? And uh, this is kind of why um, spiritual warfare is really needed in deliverance because people need deliverance uh, before they could get it and understand, right? But I want to just say that uh, there's a lot that goes into claiming these things that most people are just not aware about. And again, uh, ignorance doesn't give you a get out of it free card. The enemy was going to take advantage of us. <laughs> I, I, okay. feel, I, I have a question. Hold on real quick. I feel like um, you're saying. I don't know go before he loses the service. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I got a question. You, you keep bringing up anti-Semitic. Define your term on anti-Semitic when you're bringing that up, please. Anti-Semitic would be uh, against the Hebrew people and uh, anything and everything that has to do with them. Um, you could be uh, anti-Semitic on a small level to say uh, only, you know, the Hebrew people have to eat kosher. Like, well, now you're like coming against the people, right? Um, and then it could be something huge too. anything. Um could be zitzit, could be the feast. It could be anything. They, um, anything that comes against the Hebrew people as a whole, um, or in part. What would you? That comes what would them. you? What would you consider the Hebrew people today? Uh, well, um, I would say that the Hebrew people is uh, biblically would be Israel, which uh, is people that have been grafted in through Messiah. Um, I believe that there's going to be people. Um, that are saved later out of the actual lineage, but that's, you know, another conversation, but, um, Hebrew people make up Israel. I would believe all, all Jews are Israel, but not all Israel's Jews. Um, so you would right? say like people today, um, people like ourselves would be the Hebrew people, not just because, um, that anti-Semitic term, and the only reason I'm bring this up is because anti-Semitic means you literally will kill Jewish people. Like, legitimately, you want to kill them. Like, just Jews, that's so. like that term of anti-Semitic. Right here. So, well, if, if, if your term if your term is of anti-Semitic is uh, violence unto the point of, or well, I mean, hatred unto the point of violence, um, <clears throat> you can read some of the decrees um, if you could look at, like, the Council of Florence, <clears throat> they made some uh, decrees against the Jewish people, and it was very violent and hatredful. So yes. <clears throat> if that's your definition of anti-Semitic, I agree on it that. is anti-Semitic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also I also would like to point out that... But, but the Jewish people back then are different than, like, Judaism today. I think that's what Mike was getting at. I, I know I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I agree. I, I was the reason why I'm trying to say this because we are, you know, it's recording. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you just uh, got rough there for a minute. <laughs> can you hear me now? It's only if I stand in this one spot. Can you hear me right here? You sound like a robot. Yeah, a little bit there. Damn, man. I, I so I just wanted to point out, uh, I do agree with what you said that a lot of the early church fathers they were actually anti-Semitic. If you go back and read some of their writings, Martin Luther, uh, a, a lot of the yeah, a lot of the things that they come up with was 
So, and I, and I'm not giving, I'm not giving credence to the fact that, you know, they were anti-Semitic, but a lot of it had to do with persecution from Jews. Uh, I do not like their response because instead of showing love, like we're called to do, they decided to be very violent. Um, in regards to that, you know, even, even dismissing the fact that, what does it say? You know, you will be persecuted for my namesake. So instead of holding to that, they decided to be violent back to it. And I don't agree with that. Um. I do think that there was a um, lot of good things that did come out of, um, you know, the early Christian church fathers. Uh, but yeah, I do agree that a lot of the early writings were um, very anti-Semitic and the movement in itself did have a lot of anti-Semitism attached to it. But I also want to point out that the term Semitic does not just mean Jew. It, it actually refers to that whole Asiatic uh, region. So if for somebody to say uh, anti-Semitic, this is why we asked, you know, to define the term. Uh, anti-Semitic would be, technically speaking, that whole region, not just uh, the Jews in Israel. So right. I wanted to point that out. <laughs> can can y'all hear me now, though? Um, do I have a signal? <laughs> yeah, you're good now. Okay, so my whole point that, that uh, Joseph, I want to ask that is because we've seen a lot in the Torah observant community, a lot of people throw out the word anti-Semitic. Yeah. As soon as you go against anything that's traditional... Yeah. Oh, you were anti-Semitic. I would, I and would say that not the term, Torah community. I would say that would be the Messianic community. Mess, yeah, messianic. I would say more Messianic. Yeah, more more Messianic community. Um, they would say that you're anti-Semitic for going against their traditions of men, when we should most definitely go against the traditions of men if they violate the Torah. If they, if they are upheld or the Torah, and they are or they're trying to make it almost the Torah, or they're saying you have to do this then you are now violating what the Torah is. You can't add to it and you can't take away for it. So that's why I was trying Peter to find the anti thing. Could you do me a favor and like maybe briefly uh, contrast the difference of your understanding of like a Torah keeper compared to like a messianic? Just okay, so messianic. Messianic is someone that's more um, traditional. Um, they are ones that would hold more to... You got to wear the kippah. You have to wear um, the, the prayer shawl. You have to go to synagogue on Saturday. You have got to do all these things in order to be a part of their congregation. You have got to follow rabbinic authority. You have to follow Judaism. They call him Big Brother Judah. That would be more messianic versus Torah observer. Hebrew roots more. This is my definition. Yeah, by the way. And Hebrew roots would be more. Um, they don't hold to a lot of those traditions. They are more against them, but they also have built upon their own kind of assembly. And then you have people that are literally, I would consider ourselves more in the middle of all that. We're just trying to find a way. We're literally just trying to find what the father said in his word and leave it at that versus having to go. Now, I'm not saying that everyone on either one of those sides are wrong. I'm saying that with those sides, for me, when I'm looking at those sides is how I'm defining them. I'm not going to fall into a tradition. I'm not going to fall into, I got to do your way. Because there's only one doctrine, which is mean instruction, one instruction for all mankind. And that's the words that the Father put forth. So I try to be careful with traditions. And also that comes back to Christianity. I don't follow their traditions. I'm not going to follow tradition. Now, if you have a tradition that doesn't violate Torah, I don't have a problem with it. If you have something that you do that doesn't violate Torah, if you want to wear a kippah, fine. By all means, wear a kippah. If you want to wear a prayer shawl, I don't think we should be covering our head, but that's between you and the Father. 
I'm not <coughs> going to judge you on that. That's your choices. But for you to say that you have to do this or wear a seat a certain way to their standard, no one can prove a standard on actually how the seat is supposed to be worn. I believe you can wear a seat on your belt loops. I believe you can wear a seat on your prayer shawl, however you want to put it on your person. So that's how I kind of look at it. And I think Brother Joseph like was absent from the Discord when all the anti-Semitism comments were being tossed around and stuff like that. He probably was, and that yeah. and that's what I'm trying yep. to find. That's what I'm trying to find these terms right now because I want because there's gonna be because there's people in here that've been through a lot of this stuff, you know. Yeah, which is which is cool, which is understandable, and I don't mind uh, clarifying ever as much as I can. Uh, it's just part of conversating. But yeah, I was not in the Discord. I went on a 30-day bicycle mission trip across the country, and mm -hmm. uh, I moved uh, into three different cities, and I went and homesteaded on a country uh, home for like 90 days with no internet service. And I don't know, I've, I've had a busy year, and so <laughs> I wasn't on Discord. I wasn't on That's TikTok. Awesome. I wasn't on a whole lot of nothing. I was kind of just busy and uh being a child with our heavenly father and uh allowing him just to teach me some more things and you know get clarity on some other things and overall mm -hmm. just growing grace so but i'm here now awesome, and so and, and that's why i'm just trying i'm just trying to define terms and it's nothing against you this is just something we have to start going moving forward and the body, we have got to define our terms and define what we're saying because we're and people are not getting the big picture of what's being said. So that's what I was trying to clarify because people listen here. And I didn't want them to say, oh, they walk away. Well, Joseph seems like he's more on the Judaism messianic side, you know? So I just didn't want that to happen. I'm saying you will. I do agree that the early church, I do agree the early church fathers were very anti-Semitic on what they did. They were talking about killing the Jews, and that was definitely anti-Semitic, yes. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think what a, a problem is a lot of people are saying, like, I'll be the first to say this. I, I challenge Judaism in the, uh, in the calendar. <clears throat> it's not a rebellious thing. Um, there's people in Judaism, um, scholars that are coming across the book of Jubilees and Enoch going, wait a second, <laughs> you know? And so I challenged that. And then people are like, well, you don't need to be making those decisions. You just need to listen to big brother Judah and shut up. Yeah. And I'm like, well, according to scripture, big brother Judah got scattered too. You know? And those are the very first, very beginning of James. Yeah. To me, big brother Judah would be, it would be Yeshua. I'll listen to him, you know. But there's, you know, there's, it's, I think it's when we start testing um, all these doctrines, even in Judaism, people get really, they get really uptight. You know, I ask people. Again, hmm? I would, I would, I would really just oppose that. Again, if it doesn't come from the Father, right? If it is again. not absolute truth. Uh, the only spirit that will lead us in absolute truth is the set apart, set apart spirit of truth, right? The Holy Spirit itself. Any doctrine that is even uh, off any degree is not absolute truth, which came from either a human spirit or a demonic spirit, which is either way it's heiress. 
it's it's error either way if man came up with it or a demon came up with it it's error and again when you hold to certain things and you claim that the holy spirit himself told you something that he didn't tell you you're walking on dangerous ground right it's not it's one thing to say i believe this it's another thing to say the living god by his set apart spirit told me and showed me this when it was error because he didn't uh again dangerous place to walk in the spirit you know um, one other thing is um you know uh, like, like like i said we would challenge i would challenge somebody I, i'd ask all i asked probably 15 people hey can you point to me the 13th month in scripture i just don't see that in there well we have to add a 13th month to keep the calendar in you know in order and I did the same thing when I come out of Christianity. I read Martin Luther's letters. Then I found out he wanted to remove four books out of the New Testament. And I'm like, I'm not following that guy. There's no way. Right. I'm not following him. He he is not a nice I person. Want, you know? I want to say one thing, uh, Joseph. I wasn't doing it to, like, you know, diminish what you were saying. It was mainly just to make sure that you were being heard correctly. Because I think we, you, I believe what you were saying is not what I, like the definition I brought up. I don't believe that's what you were saying. So I just wanted to clarify so everyone knew where you were on that. Because like I said, there's been lots of misunderstandings happening in our group and we're trying to make sure that doesn't happen no more. And also, I agree with you what you said as far as both sides, you know, whatever side it came from, if it's not upholding to what God's word is, then it's false. So, um, but with that being said, I didn't mean to get y'all off on a tangent on this topic. I think maybe y'all should go back to New Covenant, Old Covenant. So, yeah, let's do it. I agree. I just wanted to point out that something stood out to me when Brother Joseph was talking about coming into agreement um, with covenants and doctrines and things. <clears throat> uh, the Hippocratic Oath stood out to me. Like, look how many doctors go into, they go into that profession with well-meaning hearts wanting to help people. And then at the end of the day, they become drug peddlers because they took an oath and they didn't see the whole oath. That's literally like an allegiance to a deity that isn't Abba. So, Wanda, that came to my mind when he was talking about that. And continuing. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing. A lot of good points. A lot of good points. <clears throat> um, all right. So we get to Jeremiah 31, 31. See, the days are coming, declares Yahuwah, when I shall make a renewed covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of, Je and, of Judah. <clears throat> and again, this, yeah, Hebrews 8 and 10. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I strengthened their hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, declares Yahweh. Which that right there, I was a husband. It kind of, that gets into another topic. Anyways, <laughs> for this is the covenant I shall Can make. Can I have a question? Yeah. So when you go back up and it says, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, what is y'all's like takeaway from that? Like, like, what do you think he's saying there? When he says uh, the, the, the renewed covenant isn't like the co that is 
not like the covenant that he made with their fathers. I think that it, I think okay. Hebrews 8 kind of explains it pretty well that it's constituted on better terms because we have, yeah, because we have a perfect high priest. Whereas in the old covenant, <clears throat> we see that the priests could and actually were uh, defiled. They uh, took bribes. They weren't acting justly. Um, and a lot of times they weren't, they weren't even doing the things they should have been doing as far as keeping Torah. Whereas now uh, we have a mediator who is perfect. He walked it out perfectly and still does. And therefore he was granted that position uh, with the authority that he was because he walked it out perfectly. And so he sets as a mediator between us and the father. That's what I take away from it. It's a different, it, it, it's a different administration. And yeah, I believe it has to do with the priesthood and the faulty priesthood. Like he made, he made the covenant with Levites, you know, with Moses and, and Aaron and all them, the Levites, this one he makes with Yeshua. He uses this new covenant, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think partially. But... Sorry, Ben. Um, everybody stand in agreement with that or might see it differently? It's built better promises. All right. Yeah, definitely better promises. Um, <clears throat> so here's now's where we start doing our checklist, our basic checklist. Uh, this is the covenant I shall make with the house of Israel after those days, declares Yahuwah. I shall put my Torah in their inward parts and write it on their hearts. Anybody see that? Stop right there. Yep. I was going to point out that he just says with the house of Israel. So before he said it was the house of Israel and uh, Judah, but now he's just speaking to them as Israel. So he shows that he's brought them back together. Oh, correct. Agreed. Ezekiel 37. Is that the two sticks? Yeah. Also, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Hold on. I was going to go back to that guy on Micah's post, but I'm not going to go. Oh my there. gosh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave him there. All right. All right. Let me read this real quick. Go ahead. Uh, this is Ezekiel. The first part of Ezekiel, um, he, he is basically the resurrection. And then he gets down to the second part. And right before it, it says, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. And I shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Moreover, son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph and stick of Ephraim and for all the house of Israel, his companions, and join one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Will thou not show us what thou meanest by these? Say unto them, thus says the Lord God, 
Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim and the tribes of Israel, his fellows, and I will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in thine hand. And the two sticks wherein thou writest shall be in thy hand before thy eyes. And say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will make the children of Israel, or I'm sorry, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone, and I will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. And I'll just, well, let me keep reading this. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with their transgressions, their sins. They won't defile themselves with sins. So, But I will save them out of their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall have one shepherd. They shall walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto uh, Jacob, my servant, wherein, wherein their fathers dwell. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace uh, with them. It is an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and set my sanctuary in the midst of them forever. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yes, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, I the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Mm. Pretty hard to repeat that. That's the kingdom right there. Yeah. With Israel in which is not now. <laughs> His tabernacle in the midst of them. Well, it says I open your graves and, and, and cause you to come up out of your graves. You're not coming down from heaven. What? Can y'all break that, um, that down in layman terms for the ones that are as well studied in this? I got Maybe you. Maybe go through a little bit of soda with them. That is the... That's the kingdom. Like I said, the first part of Ezekiel, he's causing the bones of Israel to come together and he prophesies and he says, Lord, how, how, how can these bones live? And he says, breathe, you know, breath into them. And they became an exceedingly great army and they lived. And then he goes on to say that he's going to bring Israel up out of their graves and he's going to take the house of Judah and the house of Israel and put it back together because they've been scattered. Remember, um, the first, the, the 10 tribes got sent off to Assyria, and then the two tribes got sent off to Babylon, and they came back, but Syria, they didn't come back, but it doesn't mean that Israel can't ever come back. That's nowhere in scripture, because the prophetess in, in uh, the New Testament that was in the temple, she was from the tribe of Asher. So there's people that teach that, that, oh, they're lost, they can never come back. Yeah, they can Anybody can come back if they repent. So you have the two sticks. Right now, the house is divided. Even in Acts 1, the disciples asked Jesus, well, now, is, is this the time you're going to restore the, the kingdom back to Israel? And he says, not, it's not for you to know these times. You know, 
the house has been divided. We're going to get back together one day, but it's going to be in the kingdom and it's going to be the whole house of Israel. And um, one more thing, guys. I'm going to interrupt you, Dad. I'm not trying to interrupt you. When you're, when you're speaking of these stories, too, remember there's people in here that don't know these stories and they might not understand them. So maybe you could expound. Like, you don't have to go through the stories, but kind of like explain what those stories were because they might not like, have heard those stories. Yet, like you know? when they were, when they, uh, when the Levites went astray during King Solomon's time and two tribes were given to Rehoboam, which is King Solomon's son, right. and then uh, King Solomon's servant. Jeroboam, 10 tribes are given to him. And that goes into the woman at the well in Samaria. You know, that that's part of the, she's part of the, the 10 northern tribes. Because Jeroboam didn't want people going down to Jerusalem to worship. So he set up two golden calves. Um, but the, the qualifier, though, to me is you're going to be in the land. And it says it's the land that their forefathers lived in. Well, according to the dimensions of the New Jerusalem, when it comes down out of heaven, it's going to encompass all that land over there. So they would be in the land, you know. But also Abraham in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews 11, 7 through 9 or 8 through 10 or something, he says he looks for hold on, let me let me read that real quick. Hold on a second. Ezekiel is like that's like my favorite, my favorite chapter. Ezekiel 37 it gives you the whole thing. Um okay, it's Hebrews uh eight through ten. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he's talking about the, the kingdom of heaven, the actual kingdom. And a lot of people, I don't think, believe it's a real place. Um, I think there's a lot of people that don't think it's a real place. Yeah, it's it's where Yeshua is right now. He's in the. I holy would say that it's the Garden of Eden that was taken up into the firmament during the flood. I Second, agree with that. That's just me. I think it says that in Baruch and Second Ezra. I think it describes the Garden of Eden that was taken up. Yeah. Um, but here, here's an interesting scripture at the very bottom of Hebrews. Hebrews 11, 39 and 40 says, and we, you know, it says, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Sarah. It goes through all the patriarchs and patriarchs in the whole Bible. And at the very end, it says, all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. That's the resurrection. Yeah. To me, that's when the new covenant, you know, Jesus said, the one who endures endures to the end will be saved. Nobody knows. Yeah. You, you don't know if you're saved right now. You don't know when you're saved when you come up out of that grave. 
Exactly. You know? Isn't this that is what why... Yeshua was talking to Nicodemus about? Yes. To, to be born again? Yes. Yeah. To be born again. Can I read a scripture? Can I read a scripture on this? Yes. In Matthew chapter 8, when Yeshua is encountered by uh, the Roman guard and he says, you know, my servant is paralyzed. Can you come to me? Come to my house. Um, and Yeshua says, yeah, I'll go. And then he says, I'm not worthy for you to come to say the word. Right. In verse uh, 11 of that encounter in chapter eight, Yeshua makes a statement and he says, and I say to you, Many shall come from the east and the west, and they shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Some other versions will say they'll sit down with him, uh, sit down with him at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. Um, mm -hmm. But either way, Yeshua made a statement that we in the kingdom of heaven will get to sit down with the very fathers of our faith yes. at the feast. And <laughs> Well, the reality is I have not seen them yet, and I look forward to the day in which I do, but I haven't, and so uh, we're not there I, yet. It's a prophecy yet yet fulfilled. I'm gonna you know, tell you right now, I, I I agree with that, but but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Paul because I'm gonna apologize to him <laughs> on behalf of me and everybody else that twists his words, man. <laughs> you know it. It says right here, you, you um, Joseph, you asked earlier, it says, but the very next verse, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness. There shall be uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, so to me, there's, there's still people in Isaiah 2, 3. Well, let's go back to where Yeshua says, hey, um, Lord, Lord, let us in. And he's like, I don't know you. You work lawlessness. Yeah. And they went into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, but a lot of a lot of people would teach that oh, it's over with, game over, judgments right there. But then there's the people in Isaiah two three and Micah four two say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of God of Jacob, and let him um, teach us his ways. Yeah. Because there's still people. And that's why there's sacrifices in the millennial reign. You know, the blood of Yeshua covers everybody. But some people still need to go and be taught. Yeah. You know, and the Levites will come back and, and, and be responsible for that, according to um, Ezekiel in the millennial reign. I think it's chapter 44. Said so he'll make them. <laughs> they're going to be doing all the seeding in the pots and everything, like in Zechariah 14, 16. <laughs> You know, or 14, 18 or something. I think it's 18. Uh, I want to point out in, in regards to the <clears throat> you're not saved until the end. This is why we see in Philippians 2.12. So that, my beloved, as you always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much rather in my absence, work out your own deliverance with fear and trembling. For it is Elohim who is working in you both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. This is a daily thing. Yes. Daily. This is not a just, oh, well, you know, I worked out my deliverance with fear and trembling. I'm good. Good to go. And no, I, this is daily. Can I add to that? 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Philippians 3.10, it says, that I, might, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made um, comfortable unto his death. If by any means I might, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained either uh, uh, not as though I've already attained, either were already perfect, but I will follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So he's saying right here, the resurrection hasn't happened yet. And he's looking yeah. for trying to follow Christ so that he can take part and attain a spot for himself in that resurrection because he can't raise himself. And I think that's where people get the new covenant. They're like, well, you're, you're in a new covenant. Well, how do you, how do you, how are you in a covenant where you don't receive any promises yet? Because it's in first Corinthians or second Corinthians one twenty two. it says you research, we, we received a down payment of the Holy spirit. And that down payment, I was talking to Michael one day, I was like, when you go buy a car, you put a down payment down, but that ain't your car. You're leasing that car until you pay the last payment. Correct? Yeah. Ain't come take it any time. Or you look know? at it like an engagement. Yeah, you don't like go and do the marriage things until you're actually married. Exactly. But you live like with that promise of like that's coming. Like, you don't right. go off and, you know, commit adultery while you're engaged. Right. Stay faithful to that person. But Cause, cause you're also probably, not, you won't be getting you know. married. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a better analogy right there. Like, you, it, to marriage, like, you you and your spouse aren't going to consummate that marriage until you marry. And it's like, when we receive... It says the dead in Christ will rise first. Those who remain alive will be caught up in the air together with them, and they they will forever be with the Lord. That's the resurrection, the marriage supper of the Lamb getting ready to happen, and He's going to write that law in your heart, right there, and you'll never transgress it again, because we're we're practicing for the for the real thing. Um, it says right there, and. Um, Hold on a second. First John 2.29, it says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. You know, we're supposed to practice that behavior. So, what are your thoughts on that? Dustin, I didn't catch what you said. If I'm honest, um, well, just never mind then. <laughs> um, I, I I just believe we have a, a down payment of the spirit, but so did Moses. Remember when he gave it to the remember he poured it out on the seventy elders, and then some other people got a little dose of it. El Dad, me Dad, and they was like they're over there prophesying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let them prophesy then, dude. Leave them alone. <laughs> you know? Like, 
it, they act like, and I think the the spirit is renewed every Shavuot. You come back to the Father. It's more of that, you know. The Holy Spirit was operating in the Old Testament too. Yeah, so. I like your version because it says renewed, renewed. Yeah, I do too. But but here's yeah. the thing, with Christianity, if if the law has been done away with, and that's what they believe the new covenant is, the law is done away with, it's written on my heart already, then I always used to ask people, what's the, you know, what's Leviticus 19 say? Or just out of the blue. I think I asked this guy, uh, Micah's brother-in-law, um, and he, he had no clue. I'm like, I thought the law was written on your heart. You should know all. You should know all of it. So, I'm still learning it. I know everybody in here is probably still learning it. I'm still learning it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not made perfect yet. So, just that so one. I have to show not get <clears throat> Say again. I said I still have to study to show myself approved. Yeah. What does it say in Revelation? He that endures to the end, you know, and overcomes, will I grant him authority to sit on my throne as I sat on my father's throne? If you're if you're not sinning anymore, then what are you trying to overcome? That's <laughs> <Yes. why we're... laughs> yeah. And that goes that goes back to the whole grace thing. Like what what do you what do you have what do you have grace for? For, you know, like laws done away with. Why? What do you need grace for? Yeah, you get rid of the law. You don't need grace, right? You don't need grace. You just do whatever you want. Yeah, that's the <clears> hype. <throat> well, Romans Romans says, "Let each man be persuaded in his own mind." Yeah, <laughs> <It's eight. clears throat> All right, let's let's continue on with this. Um. It says, I shall put my Torah in their inward parts, not done yet, and write it on their hearts. I think that the way that I interpret this is uh, we're learning and doing these things, and they're slowly being written on our heart. But that still doesn't qualify as this, because this means the fullness of it will be written on your heart. And if you go back to, what is it, uh, Ezekiel 36, it talks about, I will put my Torah or my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my commands, my laws, my statutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 34, and no longer shall they teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, this word's important, saying, no Yahuwah. So this is what they are being taught. We still have to teach people this. For they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares Yahuwah. For I shall forgive their crookedness and remember their sin no more. Again, we just said we're not saved until the end. So this has not happened yet. We still have to repent of everything that we sin, of every I, sin that we commit. I got another I, one. Go I got another. I just want to back up a little bit where it says, um, "It says not according to the covenant that I made with them, and the day that I took them out of the out of the took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt." Mm -hmm. Right. Remember, we read that scripture the other day. I think it's in uh, Jeremiah twenty-three. Where it says, hold on, read a quote. 23, 5 through 7. Yeah, hold on a sec. Uh, 
Yes, it says right here. There in seven it says, Therefore, behold, the days come, the Lord, that the Lord saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all the countries whither I had driven them. And, and they, they dwell on their own soil. Yes. <clears throat> Not saying that. Because that would be the that would be the resurrection. That would be the millennial reign too. Because that kick off their, their own direction, and you got soul. you got the the glorified saints going in in Re like Revelation twenty. It's like blessed are he that take part in the first resurrection on such the yeah. second. No power over them. Yeah, and there will be priests of God and kings. You know, because he's going to delegate these. He's going to delegate the earth out. To his loyal, you know, his loyal people, and help them rule and reign. That's why there's going to be priests and kings, and yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> good stuff. One thing in I like same, about, in the same book. <laughs> one thing I like about Sean Griffin, he brought to my attention. He brought that one character in the Bible that everybody forgets about, and it's the New Jerusalem. The Holy Mountain, Zion, David's Tabernacle, Ezekiel's Temple, whatever you want to call it, you know, and that's that's a character in the Bible. She travails to give birth to her children. Yeah, this is why. A side note, which I was going to go there earlier. Uh, who do we say the bride is? It says in the Revelation, the bride is. Uh, the new, the new Jerusalem. Come, let me show you the bride. The yeah. new Jerusalem, holy city, which comes down from God. <laughs> Says it. And I get, I get the spiritual part of that. We could be the bride of Yeshua, you know, or the bride of Christ. But do, does that even appear in the Bible? The bride of Christ. Those two words, mm -hmm. three words together. I don't think so. All it, <laughs> all it says is, uh, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look, gonna go look it up. Yep. I'm gonna beat you. Just you're gonna beat me. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. I got this. I got this, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, interestingly enough, Revelations 21 2 comes up. <laughs> coming down out of heaven from god prepared like a bride adorned yep that's the one that popped up um revelation 21 9 those are yeah. literally the only two that come up it, it does you take, that in it says then one of the angels who had held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came and spoke with me come i will show you the bride the wife of the lamb That's 21 9. 21.2. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. It says right here in uh second uh, or second Corinthians eleven two, it says, For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God Himself. I promised you as a pure 
and it says bride, but the actual Greek word there is virgin. I promised you as a pure virgin to one husband, Christ. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say bride. And see, that that's something, that's another thing that been taught. You're going to learn that in every church. You're the bride of Christ. No, you're not. You're the wedding guest. Because I, I want to do a study so bad where we go over all the things that Yeshua says about the kingdom because he he talks about the kingdom like that's the gospel is the kingdom and he yeah. talks about so much and no one like it's just so glossed over and he talks about like the kingdom of God is like this the kingdom of God is like that and I think that would just be such an edifying study that would be a good one yes that would be a good one you know it says in Matthew 18 Matthew 5, 18, where it says, um, hold on a second, is it Matthew yeah, 5, 18, it says, <laughs> it says, very, it says, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law and be fulfilled. And then you just go to Revelation 21, verse 1, it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, I'll say a new heaven and a new earth and the first heaven and earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride of her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears in their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither shall sorrow nor crying, neither uh, shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. Oh. And he said, oh, wait, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. Right, because these words are faithful and true. Yes. It is um, done. Hmm. I was going to say one thing real quick. I think, Dustin, you can put that on for our next. So next, the next Sunday, we're going to be talking about Shiel. Um, and then after that, we can do the one that Jenny wants to do. Shiel's a good one. That, that's that's what I've been looking into, which I've been slacking, not going to lie. <clears throat> not really. Well, Shiel, Shiel and... Gehenna. We'll say both because don't I have my <laughs> do they're all referred, as a, don't forget Tartarus, they're all referred to as hell in scripture. Yeah, and especially in the modern church. Uh, yeah. but that's yeah, yeah, again, so everybody keep that in mind. Go ahead and start doing your notes on that. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna be a which t this week didn't turn out being a opposing party type thing, but that that's what our study will be uh, next week. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, where was I at? <clears throat> that's next week's thing because you keep reading down to verse eight. And it talks about the cowards, unbelievers, vile murderers, sexual immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Mm -hmm. 
Uy, ah. Let's talk about this covenant. All right. <clears throat> Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, yeah, I remember they're saying no more. Thus said Yahweh, who gives the sun for a light by day and the laws of the moon and stars for a light by night, who stirs up the sea and its waves roar. Yahweh of hosts is his name. If these laws vanish from before me, declares Yahweh, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus said Yahweh, if the heavens above could be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I would also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, declares Yahweh. See, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, that the city shall be built for Yahweh from the tower of, I don't know what that is. I don't know. <laughs> And like I said, I don't know. It's probably how to know. Yeah. I'm telling you these translations. Oh, gosh, you're going to make me throw up. Let's keep moving. <laughs> he said to, to the corner gate. And the measuring line <laughs> shall again. And the measuring <laughs> line shall again. Do what? I said, can you make it bigger? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'll quit. <laughs> um, where, where the heck was I at? All right, yeah, at the corner gate. Okay, and the measuring line shall again extend straight ahead to the hill. You're real? I guess. I'm about to read that out of my Bible. <clears throat> and then it shall turn towards Goa. And I'm going to read from my Bible. 39. Yeah, Goa. And all the valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes and of the field as far as the Wadi Kidron to the corner house or corner of the house gate, horse gate, my bad, toward the east is to be set apart to Yahweh. It shall not be plucked up or thrown down anymore forever. That's all of 31. Now, I know Jimmy has a bunch of additional scriptures some of which we've already discussed but <laughs> just based on what we see here i know i can make a conclusion but we'll continue with some other scriptures isn't is it hebrew 8 that's part of what it talks about hebrews, the makeup hebrews 8 you're correct uh there's a little bit in 10 oh, as well dead. <laughs> All right, i'll go ahead and i'll go ahead and read uh this one too so, and this is why I said that Hebrews 8 kind of explains the, um, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, is it, because it says starting at six, but now he, talking about Yeshua, has obtained a more excellent service inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was constituted on better promises. Is it better promises? <clears throat> for if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. And before, before anybody preconceives why it was fault or faultful, it says, for finding fault with them, <laughs> he says, not the covenant, them, because they disobeyed it. He Who's says, it? see the... Uh, oh, yeah, and mine it says, but finding fault with his people. <laughs> yeah, with them, his people, yeah, Israel. Literally with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say, I want to say that might be the, the priests, because it's contrasting yeah. priesthood right here. 
Mm-hmm. The context, yeah. I think it might be contrast, you know, with the priesthood that finding fault with them. Yeah. You know, just a, just an idea. I don't know if that's correct. So, I, I like that idea, and I can see how that would tie into it, especially if we're talking about first of all, the whole book of Hebrews is talking about priesthood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, the days are coming, says Yahweh, when I shall conclude with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, a renewed covenant, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says Yahuwah. Because this is the covenant that I shall make with the house of Israel. Again, there's that dichotomy. It's separate and then it's joined. Mm -hmm. After those days, says Yahuwah, giving my laws in their mind, and I shall write them on their hearts, and I shall be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And they shall by no means teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, no Yahuwah. Notice the parentheses there. This is what they are not going to be teaching or saying to their neighbor or brother. That's literally what the Christian church, like, screams from the mountains is, like, no God, no God, no God. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good point, good point. Uh, yeah, because they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. And this is, like Jimmy was talking about, this is why they're going up to the house, or to the, to the, <laughs> to the mountain of the Lord. Why? Because they know who he is. <laughs> Because I shall forgive their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawlessness I shall no longer remember. By saying renewed, he has made the first old. Now what becomes old and growing aged is near disappearing. I want to point that out too. What is good? What? What is old? Aging is about to disappear. Does it say? Because if you ask the average person in Christianity, they'll tell you, well, it was done away at the cross. Why is this? Why is a uh, writer of Hebrews saying it's ready to vanish away? Because yeah. it's not away yet. It's it's. I submit that from the time from the time that he started giving us his promises until the time that it is instituted, it is ready to be disappearing. Yeah, because I I don't know about you guys, but I firmly believe that Paul thought that during his day the kingdom would come down. Hey, uh, J- the- yeah. He, he said he wished he attained the resurrection. Yeah. He wished he would be, a, you know, a person that's in the resurrection. Yeah. yeah. And no, Micah, you're a robot. Can you hear me now? Yeah. This is not right. a harassment. You hear me now, I'm guessing. Um, there was a sister, I think, in our chat, maybe in Discord, that she had a question, if you could address that. Is she in here now? She's, she's, yes. Oh, okay. All right, so <laughs> it's, I was going to call you after the um, call. But so basically what we have summarized, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you were in here for it, so we'll bring back up. Revelations 21, 2 and 9, the bride of Messiah is the set-apart city, the renewed Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. Because it says right here, I don't know if you can see the screen, and I, John, saw the set-apart city, renewed Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven 
or out of the heaven of, from Elohim, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Messiah is called the bridegroom, correct? So now we see, and then here's, there's Revelation 21.9 in case there's any contention. And one of the seven messengers who held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and spoke with me, saying, Come, I shall show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. This is the mountain we were just talking about. And showed me the great city, the set apart Jerusalem, descending out of the heaven from Elohim. Having the esteem of Elohim and her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And it goes on and it gives like complete measurements and explanations of what this city looks like. So it's a real place. It's really in the heavens. It's really going to come down. And this is what is called the lamb's wife. And we know that the lamb is Messiah. So there's your answer on who the bride is. <clears throat> I submit that because it talks about Messiah reconciling us to the Father, I submit that because we dwell in New Jerusalem, not saying we are the bride, but I think we are included in that. But the bride is specifically called New Jerusalem in the text, at least what we just read. Um, so yeah. to, get, to get more clarity on like the kingdom being a real literal place, if you go to... Ezekiel 48, this is the about the kingdom, um, and start with like verse 30, does it tell you, it goes down to tell you there's a gate on the east side, the west side, the north side, and the south side, right? Yeah. It doesn't tell you the tribes, but if you go to Ezekiel uh, 48, 30 through 35, it tells you exactly yeah. You're gonna talk, and it gives you the measurements too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's an actual place. Real place. And then, and then as far as the if we are in the new covenant, um, I'm not sure how much you got of that, but the way that I can summarize it <laughs> is when you go through uh, Jeremiah 31. The number one, and Janie brought up a good point, uh, Jeremiah 31, 34. And no longer shall they teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know Yahuwah, know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares Yahuwah, for I shall forgive their crookedness and remember their sin no more. Every church in existence right now is proclaiming this from the mountaintops. Know the Lord, know the Lord. They're trying to tell you to know God. Yeah. So this is still happening today. And then if you go on through, if you read this whole chapter, this whole chapter, and then the beginning of Ezekiel 37, which is also a prophecy. So, all right, in the hair, I'll, tie, I'll show you how it ties together as well. Because <clears throat> it says in the beginning of when it's talking about the new covenant, it says, um, do, 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 do. yeah, in 31, 31. I'm, I shall make a renewed covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And then you go down to, where's it at? It's just a few verses down. Yeah, where's it? This is the covenant. Yeah, this is the covenant I shall make with the house of Israel. So now it is no longer two separate, because remember the two house split, if you go back uh, 
think it was in Kings. Wasn't it in Kings? Samuel, I think. No. What? It is in Kings, I think. I think it was in Kings, yeah, where uh, the house is split, and then you have the northern tribe of Israel and then the southern tribe, or the southern house of Judah. And he says, so they have to come together, right? And then we go over to Ezekiel 37. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> and what, are you laughing at me? <laughs> 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 starting in verse uh 12 first of all yeah starting in verse 12 it talks about uh therefore prophesy and you shall say to them thus said the master yahweh see oh my people i am opening your burial sites and shall bring upon or bring you up from your burial sites and bring you into the land of israel okay so this is the resurrection and then it talks about further down in verse 16 uh and you son of man take a stick for yourself and write on it for judah and for the children of israel his companions then take another stick and write on it for joseph the stick of ephraim and for all the house of israel his companions and bring them together for yourself into one stick and they shall become one in your hand this right here is parallels what happens right there in jeremiah 31 where it no longer is the house of judah and the house of israel it's just the house of israel they become one they are brought back together and then it goes on to expound on how uh they're all scattered uh, uh, all over the earth and he shall bring them from all four corners of the earth back to new jerusalem so, again, we'll go through some more scriptures, but I'll go ahead and I'll make my case. We are not in the New Covenant. And, and a lot of people have problems with this because they think that, oh, if we're not in the New Covenant, you know, you're, you're not covered by the blood of Messiah or you can't be forgiven and, and, and all these things. And it's predicated on emotion. And I understand why they say that, but it doesn't take away from anything that Messiah does because we walk by faith. If these things have already happened, there's no faith. I can just say, oh, that's that's right there. I see it. We walk by faith. We have faith that these things will come to pass. We have faith that these promises will be fulfilled by the Messiah. That's where our faith comes in. We read the text and we don't we don't think like the other people in the world, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, there's no God and none of this stuff's going to come true. We know it's going to come true because we have faith. And we await the day you know, to to see whether we are, are called in the first resurrection, because blessed are the ones that uh, meet the first resurrection. I got a, oh. something to add to that, too. Go I was, was going to show Kayla this um, since she missed it. Um, in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, um, it's going through all the patriarchs in the Bible. It says, you know, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, and then gets down to Abraham and says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. 
For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. It keeps going down there and it says, by faith, Sarah, um, by faith, David, um, and it just by faith, Jacob, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Joseph, by faith, Moses, you know, it keeps going down. But when we get to the very, um, very bottom, it says, all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. To me, that's a clear-cut case that we don't get the promises of the new covenant, which is a immortal body in, in the land with God's law written on your heart. We don't do it until the resurrection, until Christ comes back and it says the dead in Christ rise first and those who remain alive will be caught up in the air and thus they shall forever be with, with the Lord. Plus the scripture that Brother Joseph threw out, uh, Matthew 8, 11. Was it 8, 11? Is that the, yeah. It says, uh, and I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And that's not happened yet. Because they haven't received the promise yet. Just like us. It's appointed for all men to die once. And after that comes the resurrection. So I think that he made a covenant to become our high priest. And he said, This is my body that I should that I, and this is my blood that I shed for you. And he was telling the Pharisees to eat and drink of his body and blood. That doesn't physically, they didn't understand. It means you're going to do what Messiah did. You're going to suffer the same persecutions. You're going to have to do the same thing he did as in 1 John 2, 6. It says, if you abide in him, you have to walk even as he walked. And it's just about his sufferings. You, you know, you can be hated for his namesake. And that's the, that's who he says, do this in remembrance of me. Do what? Walk this faith out and remember to me. Walk this faith out. This is the covenant I'm making with you. I'm going away to become your high priest. And when I when I leave, I'm going to send you the comforter. And he's going to lead you into all spirit and truth. And that's the promise he gave us. So that we overcome in this life so that we can sit down on his throne as he sat down on his father's throne and endure to the end this faith so that we can take part in the resurrection and live forever with our with our messiah and our god you know religion just muddles everything up really bad so did everybody get that yes sir cool i absolutely agree with that yeah Religion definitely muddies everything. You know, we don't. Uh, one scripture you had read earlier, Jimmy, that I pointed out um, when you were reading it, it says that we would no longer stumble. Right. And so we all still stumble. Like, that's a huge 
like qualifier like none of us are walking it out perfectly and i mean obviously this like bible study right now because we all need to be taught and learn you know from one another another Um, another scripture was real quick i'm sorry just it says um that he would cleanse you from all your transgressions what which one was that I don't remember which one I read, but but he would cleanse you from all your transgressions. I mean, you're not going to sin no more after that. So. Um, real quick, so I want to ask Kayla, Tab, and Bo. Um, obviously, y'all are trying to get more studied on stuff. Does this mean do y'all have any questions, concerns, anything y'all want to bring up? Anything that y'all heard that y'all didn't agree with? Anything that um, y'all didn't understand? Anything y'all can bring up? Anybody? I'm still good over here. Hold on. Hold on. Here. My fault is um, I live in a house with the other person, so it's really hard to speak out. Um, I'm still good over here. I'm understanding and I'm taking in everything. And later on, when I come to those chapters on my own is when I will seek out more, but I am listening for now and remembering so that when I get to those chapters on my own, if I have any questions, I'll bring them up when that time arises. But nothing has been confusing for me, at least. That's great. Looking forward. Dad, hold on. on. Kayla and Bo, are y'all good? We're not putting nobody on the spot, y'all. This is a very comfortable area to talk. So I just want to make sure y'all are okay because I don't want to leave anybody behind. We do have a text chat if you don't want to talk. I do encourage talking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Y'all can text us if y'all want to bring up anything. I just want y'all, if y'all have anything, text us if you don't feel comfortable talking here, but please bring it up. Okay. That, um, okay. That, I, y'all can bring it up in text. I understand if y'all don't want to talk. That, that verse I was looking for in Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 37, 23, it says, Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and I will cleanse them. And I believe that's him writing the law on your heart so shall they be my people and I will be their God. I just wanted to add that, that's all. Oh, real quick, um, Timothy, I need, I got a new phone and I need to get that um, web, your uh, YouTube site again because I was enjoying your content. Are you talking to me, sir? Yes, sir, I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do uh do you want me to post a link or yeah, how's that work? Uh, yeah that's fine Just post a link yeah I, I got a new phone and all my channels got wiped out that's so, not good no <laughs> did you have a oh go ahead uh, I, I was just saying I have limited um, oh you know what I can do I can just like 
I can share a video and then you'll have it, right? If I do that, like just do a copy link and then put it in the chat. And then if you click on it, then is that yes. right or no? That'll be good. Yeah. I don't know how to do it any other way. I'm, I'm kind of redneck hillbilly tech stuff. So. Understandable. Definitely I, understand I, I posted it to chat to everyone. Do you, is it viewable? I got it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I enjoyed tonight. I appreciate uh, you guys keep giving me rain checks. I'm not, I, my, uh, I don't know, call it undisciplined or ADHD or constantly behind the eight ball or whatever you want to call it. But it's hard to <laughs> suddenly, you know, hey, look, stop moving and sit and sort this out with, with uh, your congregation. And today, thankfully, I, uh, I caught the notification. So it was really enjoyable. While I was working on my electric fence, I was enjoying hearing and listening and um, growing. So, yeah. Heck yeah. That's what it's all about, man. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. Hey, I had one little thought. Um, one What's of that? the things you, we were talking about, or you guys were talk, going back and forth about, was um, Hebrews, the... Uh, the um, I believe it was Hebrews 8 when the, the problem wasn't with the covenant and the commandments. The problem was the people and yeah. how the Lord said he, he basically put them away. Um, I, I can't remember if you guys had gone over this before, but um, one thing I was, I've been kind of digging into is that Melchizedek priesthood yeah. in that that it wasn't a guy, it, it was a priesthood that was, went from Adam through, um, like technically, I guess, all the way into Moses or whatever. It was a chosen priesthood versus a family priesthood. And yeah. um, when Yahweh was talking to the people and telling Moses to talk to the people, he wanted right then and there to have a nation. He wanted everybody to be that priesthood to go to the other nations because... In Babylon, he turned away from the 70 nations because of what they were doing and went, you know, grabbed Abraham and took him into a land and said, okay, I'm going to choose this, this one guy. He's going to be my nation and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to conquer the rest and then y'all are going to have to repent at the end, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when, when Aaron um, blew it with the golden calf and the quote unquote playtime they had, which I guess was another word for orgy they um, yeah. because that would have been a standard practice for the worship cycle in that in that realm that they would have learned from egypt and then yeah. moses broke those sapphire commandments that that ruined the covenant right there so when he wrote the second that was basically yahweh saying look i'm not going to leave you because moses pleaded he's like okay fine we're going to do this a completely different way because they don't want to be my bride. They evidently want to be my slaves. So, okay, we're going to have a boss priesthood. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. We're going to, have to give them all kinds of tighter restraints. And it's going to be cursings and blessings instead of promise and, you know, that different relationship. And then Yeshua came to re renew that covenant that Yah made initially with Abraham and Israel that they broke it. But Abraham... You know what I mean? And then kind of reset the clock so that we could get a deposit with the Holy Spirit and then await the resurrection where we have the law written on our hearts and stuff. 
So I was wondering if y'all had kind of looked at all into that. I like I like that perspective to be honest, because the way that I explain uh our 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 awaiting the new covenant to institute um is we're no different than Israel was when they were wandering through the wilderness. Uh we're, right. We're, Except we're that we, we do Yep. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, I would I would absolutely uh and I actually got into a before I was even uh this see I, I struggle with this whole thing about I'm not a Calvinist, so I'm gonna start there. But you ever wonder why some people are more convicted about the wrongness of what they believe than other people are? You know what I mean? It's like some people are bugged more. And even when I was a dispensationalist and I was at a really good church. I mean, I mean, we, we filled out a ton of worksheets. We had people coming there all the time. I mean, I learned a lot of Bible, a lot of it. The perspective was jacked and twisted, (laughs) but I still learned a lot of names, a lot of facts, a lot of old stuff. They were creationists, uh, young earth creationists. Um, I particularly have now become a biblical cosmology. I believe fixed realm stuff, but regardless, they were, um, I mean, there was a lot going on there to feed your spirit, right? But when I talked to the one of the lead pastors, and I'm like, why does it feel like we're Israel? I mean, they go through all this stuff, and they go through cycles of discipline. It feels like in my life I go through a cycle where everything's fine, and I'm kind of chilling or whatever, and then, of course, I slack, and then I fall into some temptation, and then I sin, and then there's this time of crying out, and then there's this you know, repentance, kind of rescue. It's just this cycle of of rejuvenation and, and all this other stuff. And it seemed like that's what Israel was going through, you know, throughout the whole entire scriptures. And I said, I think, I think, I think in our hearts we're Israel in a way, some weird way. I could, I, you know, it's like a little kid trying to explain a big concept that I didn't have all the fancy words and all that, but I said that stuff and, and he's just like, no, we're not Israel. We're, we're the church. And I'm like, I, I get that. But doesn't it feel like when you sin, you go through that discipline and they went through discipline and then you get quiet and then they got quiet and you have success and they had success and then you get lazy and they got, etc. And, um, and like that stuff. And he's like, nope, we're the church. Israel's, and I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I just, I just, you know, went on thinking, well, he prays more than I do, knows more than I do. I'm just an idiot. Okay, fine. Let's go. So then, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was in 1998. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of. I started dying inside, and and then uh, 2016, I finally blew up and came out of it. But anyway, yeah, I think it's. I think you're right. We, well, we are Israel because Israel is the only chosen people of God. And right. What What makes people Israel is not that land over there. That land's been left desolate over there. It's defiled. It's going to get burned up. And yeah, yeah, and we are we're Israel. We're just coming. We're coming back as like Deuteronomy thirty, where it says that when the blessings that when all these things come upon you, the blessings and curses, and you hearken under my voice. Right now, we're in that stage where we're hearkening under His voice and learning His instructions for living. You know, just that simple. And we yeah, backslide absolutely. Like, you do stuff and you're like oh crap i repent now now and then you feel in your heart you're like man i let my father down you know 
and then you get back up on that horse and he makes you stronger. You know, it's a, it's a lasting lifelong process. What was the king that tore his, um, he tore his garments when he found the book of the law? Like that. Yeah. That's kind of like what you go through. It's like you discover like, Oh man, I just messed up and you just tear your garments and you're like, why? And then you're like, Paul, and you're like, why is my like why do I do bad when I want to do good? Right. <laughs> why? It lets you know you're in favor. <laughs> Anybody wants to read about Josiah's two kings twenty two. It's two two two. Yeah. That was one of the Easy. first books that I was like reading a lot of when I first like had the scales ripped away in kings and I was reading about all the kings who was like like fall away and do all the bad stuff and then there would be an awesome one come along and he was like no we're going to turn back to the Lord <laughs> and they found a book of the law in the house of the Lord <laughs> yeah along with all the pagan things that they had drug in there look it's still there yeah there's plenty of houses that, remind, that reminds you of India I went to a Casting Crowns concert one time and they were talking about how they go and they'll dig wells in India and places like that and he said they're very uh, mindful to tell them, like, we come in the name of Jesus. And because they want them to know none of those statues that you pray to came and brought well to your village. It was Jesus, the son of the most high God. That's who gave you what you needed. <laughs> That's really cool. That's all Abraham used to witness. He would dig a well. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that is beautiful. Look at that. That's I didn't think about that. That is awesome. Huh. And then they'd argue about it a few years on their own. No, my family. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, thanks again, uh, guys and gals. I uh, I got to go to the far end of my pasture, and I'm going to run out of signal. So um, love you all lots, and I appreciate the invites, and and I uh, hope you guys have a blessed week. Shalom. Love you too, brother. Thank you for coming. Shalom. Good to see you again. Yes, sir. Later. Later. He's a really nice brother. Anybody else? Uh, any comments or anything? Where'd Joseph go? I've heard that perspective he was talking about before about um about the priesthoods and stuff being added after the covenant. I've heard of that before. I actually like went down a trail. Well, remember it does said that the priesthood was given to Levi mm-hmm. in the book of um, Malachi. Malachi mm-hmm. It says the priesthood was given to him. Yeah, and and so there's got to be something there because it's it, it's only handed down through the family, and Aaron was of the tribe of Levi. Right. So was that already ordained in the heavenly tablets that you know that that was going to happen that way, and then the Melchizedek was something given, you know, ordained by God to that person personally. I think Melchizedek is the the angelic priesthood that operates coexists actually with the Levitical priesthood. It's just the heavenly 
priesthood. Right. That's why my theory is like when it says that because of a change in the law or a change in the priesthood, there's a change in the law or however it's worded. I'm probably getting it mixed up. Um, yeah, on the Judah. Yeah, because I think that it's talking about the priesthood there and how you revert back to the what do you call it? My criminal justice stuff just went out my head and I can't remember it. Kind of like there's laws in America that are on the books, but they're old. Right. And we have newer laws because of technologies and things like that. But we all know that like the constitution is our base and that's our default, right? So that's how you look at with Torah, like the Melchizedek priesthood is your default priesthood and the Levitical priesthood was a promise for an earthly priesthood here on earth to mirror that priesthood. That's how I look at it. And when Yeshua came and did what he did, the change that was instituted was that priesthood, like defaulting back to that because the priests weren't doing what they were supposed to. And so God was like, yeah, I'm going to take that from you because you didn't listen and you didn't do right. And you're leading my people astray. I mean, look at, look at Job. He had a priesthood. Yep. And he was of the, he was a Gentile. And I think he was operating under that Melchizedek, like when he was doing his stuff. And then also Abraham and mm-hmm. Noah. And Noah probably passed it down to Shem. Yeah. That was a good was a good one tonight. I wish that other group would have uh, come and joined us. That was beautiful. Glad that they did. So I thank- love this family. I've missed being part of Bible study. I'm glad Joseph showed up. Yes. This is really good. Yeah, I sent him a link because I wanted more people to join. And now, uh, as long as nobody opposes, I guess I will put this study on uh, our podcast platform. That way everybody can see, you know, all the com- compilation and notes and everything that we've come together and learned through the text. Do it. Do it. <laughs> said what I said just a minute ago. You know, I just wish the other group would have come. I do too. Just iron has to sharpen iron, and sometimes sparks have to fly. And if you can't yeah. take the heat, you got to get out of the kitchen. Yeah. That's why I say it's important, you know, and that's why I was looking for like opposing, you know, parties because you can't live in an echo chamber. And like I said earlier, I was talking to some of the brothers, uh, you know, it's always good. Like, even if everybody in your, your congregation or assembly, whatever is, is, you know, in one accord, like you should still seek out. Uh, I like what Sean does. Cause he, you know, he'll, he'll see like the mainstream Christian uh, preachers and stuff. And like, he'll, he'll watch their videos and like break down and show in the text how it's wrong. Yeah. Like that's 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 what we should be doing because you see that opposing idea, you can kind of make a, you know, conclusion on how they get to that, and then show how the text also refutes what their conclusion is. Yeah. 
And it also, it does two things. It shows you, well, it will show you the truth, but it'll also show you how to use your scripture to rightly divide the scripture. Yep. Yeah. I think that's all that's lacking right now. Like, there's like this weird division going around, and people get puffed up, and pride goes before the fall. So we can't let our pride get in the way. And I think I called it out um, like a month ago, like right when I was like posting that list and stuff, I called out that I was seeing some pride going around in the group. And uh, yeah, it's just, we have to, I, I struggle with it. I get, you know, headstrong and I don't want to be, you know, proven wrong or anything like that, but we have to humble ourselves. That's what our Messiah did. And we have to walk like he walked. I just want to learn the right way. I don't want, you know. That's everything. Yes. 19 no, streets used to say. That's what they still say. Test everything. Everything. What did Zach say? Go home, read your Bible. You know, they, they have to. <laughs> yeah. And they have division with Adam Fink, and but they still talk. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. It's still you close that door of communication. There's a there's a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should be closing. The father doesn't want anybody to go astray. No. No, guys, I'm gonna jump off here. I gotta go. Uh, uh, had a lot more scriptures. <laughs> hey, send me those notes, bro. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me make it so they can read them. <laughs> yeah, do that, and then send me those notes.